TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. Mike Haas, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And Mickey, you finished 9-8, and eight, beat the Falcons handily 48-17. You win four of your last five. So many positive things to build upon, except probably that that, that thing at the top of the list, which would be, you know, win the, you know, win the division or, or make the playoffs. So, I mean, that's where it begins, right? Yeah, it, it definitely begins there um, because that's that, you know, that's the goal in the beginning of the season. And I think it was a very realistic goal to um, have double digit wins and to win the division was very realistic and we didn't get that accomplished. And so, um, Overall, I would say it was just a disappointing season. Um, I do like, uh, as you mentioned, that we finished, um, you know, one four of the last five, finished really strong. We saw, um, we saw a, num- a number of times, number of games where, look, it looked like um, a good performance offense, defense, and special teams. And so that's encouraging. Um, but we've got to be able to do that consistently throughout an entire season. Let's talk about Derek Carr uh, and two two questions on him. First off, just his availability. 17 starts. Uh, we've seen the impact throughout the league, you know, for many, many teams because of quarterbacks being injured. Just, I mean, he he fought through. It wasn't, he wasn't 100% every week, right, at those starts, but he fought through some stuff, you know, this year. Yeah, I think. And I, I think really people don't realize how hurt that he was during the year and still rolled it out there, still played, played well, um, did some really good things uh, in spite of, um, you know, having a really banged up body. And, and look, the best ability is availability, right? And so we, we, we were lucky enough during the Drew Brees years to have him available um, you know, 95% or whatever percentage of time that he was available. That's not common in our league. Um, we saw a number of quarterbacks go down during the course of this season and every season. And so for, for Derek to, to be able to go out there, tough it out when he's hurt, um, that, j- that just speaks to how tough he is. 
And certainly towards the end, right? I mean, his numbers, you know, you look at the last five, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions against Atlanta. He was 22 of 28. Again, like a 75%, 74.8 completion percentage. And, you know, even though he was here, you know, from March of, of last year, beginning of the season, went through the whole thing, you know, he wasn't taking snaps with A.T. Perry. He wasn't on the team yet. I mean, there's there's yeah. a growth, right, that, that goes through the season uh, for Derek Carr, right? Yeah, I think that there's uh, – you're exactly right. I think there's an acclimation. Uh, no matter how much of a veteran player you are, you have to uh, uh, get acclimated to your teammates, to the offense that you're running, the play calling, the tempo that we play at. There's all kinds of things that are different, you know, when you change teams. And, and uh, look, I, I, think, I think Derek did a really good job in a lot of areas. I mean, he was a top 10 um, – uh, quarterback in our league he just is I look at the rating points look at the look at the numbers look at the performance um we get a little you know we we get extra critical because we we only won nine games i get it uh we should be critical but there's a lot of good things that he did and i think it bodes well going forward you talked to the team uh, i believe after the season just on a, not broadly speaking what was the message yeah i you know look I did do that. Um, I don't do it very often. And it's really a message just for the players. And so I'm going to leave it at that. Um, you know, trying to set the tone uh, for what we expect going forward. And and I thought it was uh, well received. We talked about Derek and we didn't really talk about a lot of the offensive players, but we, you know, get to some of them. But I wanted to talk about your defensive players as well. And again, you know, the, the positives that you build on with Jordan Howden and, and not, not even the young guys, but uh, Isaac Yedem, you know, Jonathan Abram, uh, Brian Brzee. Uh, there seems to be the, the, the building block there. Maybe, and I don't know how much you expected Jordan Howden or Isaac Yedem to even play this year, but they seem to have been, you know, pretty significant factors when you needed them the most. Yeah, there was a number of guys that, um, that, that uh, stepped up during the course of the season some that you kind of expect to, and some that you don't. Um, yeah, I thought Isaac had a really good season for us, you know, after Marshawn was hurt and, and he got uh, pushed into the action. Jordan Howden, um, you know, we, look, we drafted him with the idea that he was going to become a good player. And, and look, that timetable gets sped up a little bit, but there, he made good progress. John Abram, who came in here, um, you know, after being a high pick for another team and, and trying to find a home, I thought he did a great job for us and really appreciated his um, his contribution to our team in the locker room uh, as well as on the field. Um, we had some young, uh, you know, young receiver, A.T. Perry, who, who was thrust into action and, and did some good things. Now, none of them are finished products, right? Um, but they all made progress. They all did some good things. The guys that we expected to make progress, Brian Brzee, um, he made he made progress. We had some um, free agents, Nate Shepard and Colin Saunders, who came here at the defensive tackle position. And I thought they did some good things for us. Uh, Carl Granderson took a step forward. So we had a lot of younger players uh, make make significant steps. You know, Paulson Adebo had his best year. Um, we've been waiting for him because we know we know the ability that he has. I thought Alante Taylor um, inconsistent, but did and showed some good things for us. And so I'm excited about his prospects. Um, 
you know, Tyron Matthew did, did some really good things for us um, as a veteran player, things that we expected. And so there's, there's some, there's some really good positive things that come out of a season and yet, and there's still the bad taste of, you know, nine and eight. That's, that's a bad taste for us. And I hope that our standards are much higher than just having a winning season. And one of the things that you were able to do along the way during the season, right before the season and, you know, in camp was to lock up some of these players, right. To get, you know, you, you did a lot of work uh, during the season and right before the season of getting some of these guys into, you know, that were, I don't want to say vulnerable, but, you know, get them to get out like a Carl Granderson, get these, get some of these guys locked down. Yeah, that's, and that, look, that's a double-edged sword sometimes um, because you're speculating about, you know, their progress. Um, and that some, sometimes, you know, when you, you sign a contract, somebody, you know, a player, you know, exhales and, and relaxes a little bit and doesn't make as much progress as you want. So it's always a double-edged sword, but um, I'm happy with where we're at. Uh, we've got some more work to do. We've got a lot of decisions to make. Um, but I think there's a lot of positive things. Need to take a break? We'll be right back with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. This is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome back. Mike Hoss along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. This is the Saints Hour. And I guess just take me through the process, if you will. I read that, you know, David Tepper of Carolina is asking to interview Kai Harley. How does that work? from a promotion, lateral move, what has to happen for you yeah. guys to give, you know, I guess, give him permission? Yeah, well, um, yeah, Kai, Kai, we were, uh, Kai was requested to interview for, um, for Carolina's general manager position. Jeff Ireland has been requested uh, to talk to um, the Chargers about their position. Really, all they have to do is just notify uh, the team that they want to do that. There's no permission that needs to be granted because it's a promotion for each of those guys to a to the top, you know, football executive. So there's no permission that has to be asked. They just they just notify you that that's what they're going to do, and then and then uh, certainly our guys, you know, need to prepare and and be ready to uh, to interview and put their best foot forward. So as long as it's an advancement, like it has to be, you can't you know go lateral, right? 
yeah, they couldn't uh, uh, they couldn't notify the Saints that they want to interview me, for example, because I'm already uh, the top football executive. So, but if it's if it's a position that's the assistant GM or personnel director, and they're interviewing for the top football position, then um, they just notify. They don't have to have to ask for permission. And I guess I'll get my process questions out of the way. I guess the process moving forward for you as far as meetings with Dennis and Mrs. Benson and your staff. So Coach Allen last night said he kind of takes a week, you know, to get all the emotions out of it before he meets with his staff. What What is your schedule moving forward with that? Yeah, same thing. You know, we're in here this week. We're just talking about a few things um, that are more procedural. You know, how do we want this offseason uh, and the evaluations to go? And then uh, starting next week, we'll we'll start talking about the player evaluations and and um, move on from there. And, and look, the the the, um, the process of evaluating you know college players for this draft is already deep. We're deep into it. Jeff and his staff and 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 Dennis and I all get um, start getting involved in that very very shortly. I'm assuming you are watching the game where kind of we are, at least on the 700 level, uh, which puts the Chris Olave catch for the touchdown at the far northeast corner. Just first impressions or reaction on that play from what you could see. Um, well, look, it, it's, it wasn't a lot different from a lot of his catches. I mean, Chris is so athletic. He, he, he does things that, you know, most human beings can't do. And that's just another one. It's, it's, it's athleticism. It's, it's hand-eye coordination. It's all these things that, that, uh, contribute to him being, you know, a, a really unique talent and, and, you know, I, I don't know what more to say about it than that. It's just—it's not surprising, it, you know, because we've seen things like that. We've seen it in practice at times, and and it, it, you know, Chris is one of these guys that he's one of these athletes that makes everything look easy, and um, you know, we've all seen those athletes in different sports that they don't even look like they're putting out a, a, a huge effort, and it just makes it look easy, and yet we know it's not. Right. No, then I was like, it was such a phenomenal play. I was like, don't let some tic-tac like he didn't have possession or get both feet in. It was like, that was so amazing. Make make this count. I was like, it was yeah. It was just uh, so impressive. Um, so, but you talked a little bit about uh, Brian Brzee. I'm curious as to what you saw in his growth, because it just felt like, you know, man, he kind of came into his own the last half of the season and just put on some moves that you go, whoa, you know, give that kid two or three years down the road. And I know GMs and coaches don't like spotlighting particular players, particularly rookies. Yeah. You know, with what you saw, because, you know, you know, from him uh, being a first rounder, you know, the 29th pick. Yeah. I think uh, um, I would say this, I think he definitely has the abilities that we all thought he had. Um, I think he's probably a little rawer in terms of development than what we originally thought he might be. Um, I think the light did kind of come on the last half of the season. Uh, I think he's been well coached. You know, I think Todd and, and, and Brian Young have done a really good job with him, and I we see the progress. I hope that um, he doesn't feel satisfied because he's got he's still got a long way to go and yet man we see these flashes and we see these things that he can do and we just want more of it he battled through injuries uh but i was i would suspect 
that this will be a very important offseason for Trevor Penning. No? Yes? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's an important offseason for him. And, um, yeah, he, we've got to we've got to give him we've got to put him in the situation to be successful. You know, we've got to help him with his development, um, with his confidence. He's got the ability to be a, a, a really good player in our league. Uh, but we've got to enable that by giving putting him in the right environment, uh, giving him the right development. And I will do that. We will do that. This is not uh trevor related but it's just the, the situation overall just generically did you see players come in from some smaller schools who've maybe been you know had you know not big fish in a small pond but something like that and they have some success early and then they have you know some time struggling and it, it is a confidence thing right i mean you must have seen this before with players that have kind of been in that situation and kind of how to get out of it how, how to develop them out of it yeah it, well it's a lot of things and and look in trevor's case Look, he did come from a smaller school. I wouldn't say it was a small school, it was a smaller school. Um, but he, look, he had some success playing against against better competition. I, I think the biggest uh, issue for us was, man, he was hurt um, half of his first season. He didn't have a, a real off season this last year. And so, you know, the, he's behind in development, but it's not really his fault. It wasn't his fault that he got hurt. Um, it wasn't his fault that this offseason he was unable to to do the things that you normally get to do going into your second year. And so we probably threw him out there a little too soon and and uh, it was unfair. And so we've got to get that corrected. I know Coach Allen has talked about it, but I guess on the whole Jamal Williams victory touchdown, one, if you have any comment, two, do you, is there going to be trickle down? Do you think that maybe next year? I mean, certainly for when you play Atlanta both times, this will it'll it'll probably rear its head. But do you think there'll be any trickle down impact from this? Oh, I don't know. I I look, I think we should have kneeled it down. Yes, I understand what the players did. I don't think it was malicious on their part. They're just trying to do something for a teammate. I completely understand that. There's nothing malicious about it. Yet I wish it hadn't happened. I don't think it's the right thing. I don't. I don't think. Look, I think it's been made a bigger deal of than it needs to be. And yet, I don't think. Um, I think sportsmanship is a good thing to talk about. Um, I don't think we talk about it enough in all of our uh, uh, endeavors, uh, particularly, you know, uh, NFL games. Sportsmanship's a good thing, and uh, it sends the right message. But I also think it's kind of being overblown. I mean. Um, players are trying to just do something for their teammate. It wasn't that they were trying to embarrass the Falcons. They're just trying to do something for, for Jamal and, and themselves. And, um, and I understand why Atlanta and their coach would be upset. So um, I guess that's all I've got to say about it. But, and conversely, and this will be the last question on this topic, was that the whole fallout of Dennis's reaction and you and I have talked about this before that while well, he's lost the team, it's like, well, what's he supposed to say? Right? Oh, well, that's just stupid. Right. I that's mean, just that's just that's just people making comments to make comments. It's stupid to say that. There's not one player that would say that. That's no. not you know, they were just trying to do a favor and do something good, what they perceived as good for a teammate. Had nothing to do with uh, um yeah, defying the head coach or anything like that. That's just silly. That's just overthinking 
Need to take a quick break. This is the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, back after this on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Welcome back. This is the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. We talked to Dennis Allen last night. He was going to watch the game, Michigan and Washington. He said he, he wanted Michigan just because he didn't have to listen to the Pac-12 Oregon north northwest corner of the country. But did you watch it? And if you have you caught a little flack already today? Yes, I did. <laughs> and in um, the second. And yeah, and look, Washington is a rival of my school, Oregon. And yet I was um, I would probably say I was in the Washington corner because of the Pac-12 ties. Um, but Michigan played a fantastic game, well coached. Um, played as well as you can play and, and deserve to win the national championship. And so kudos to them. And now I got to listen to the Michigan guys that uh, on our staff. Yeah. Well, it could have been worse. It could have been Ohio state. You got a lot more of those. And uh, right. That's right. <laughs> so after kind of the next few weeks kind of play themselves out and kind of the break, I guess, between senior bowl and legacy bowl, like, I mean, what, what, how do you kind of, unplug we asked this to dennis yesterday he didn't really i don't think he does unplug but what do you kind of do to kind of re recharge for the next season yeah um i ask you a question look you know i've got i've got uh, you know young kids that uh, pay attention to i got a couple grandkids that uh, i'm gonna pay attention to um look i i'm excited for next season already which um typically doesn't happen for me for a, a few weeks but i just see the possibilities that we have um, I'm excited about it, and actually, I'm kind of anxious to get going on next year, even even this soon, which um, may sound a little odd, but um, I, I, I'm excited about our prospects. I really am, and, and I hope that uh, – I know that our staff is. I know that our players are, and uh, we've got some work to do, and so let's get to it. In late January and then in February again, I just mentioned the Senior Bowl, late January, HBCU Legacy Bowl. How do those kind of play into, are they just kind of pieces to the puzzle as you work towards, uh, you know, Indianapolis and, 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 and all the pro days and, and, and everything like that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think first, look, we, we, we go through an evaluation of our own team. We kind of assess where we're at, the, the, um, the areas that we you know want to improve the areas that we can improve internally and then you know Dennis and I and and uh, some of our other people are going to get brought up to speed on this year's college class uh, Jeff and his staff do a great job of that and then we'll we'll dive right in um, you know those, those all-star games um, and the combine are kind of our first pass at, at, at touching some of those players and and um, you know, getting to know their strengths and weaknesses. And then, you know, we're right into, uh, right into the draft at that point. When you look at next year, uh, just two more questions. First off the draft 14th pick. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the question is, but <laughs> uh, you, you'd, you'd like to be drafting much later because that would have meant a, a better season, but you know, I, I don't know. Does that, is that a spot where you can have some flexibility to move back and, and yeah, and move up might be tough, but maybe move back to what you want to do. Yeah, I think it, I think it's actually a good. You know, we're nine and eight, and I think there were five or six teams that were nine and eight, and we get to pick first of all those nine and eight teams. So we could have been picking twentieth. Um, I'd much rather pick fourteenth um, than than twentieth. Uh, 
because, you know, you're going to have an opportunity. You know, it's a good spot to, hey, we can move up a few spots if we need to at not too expensive a cost. And we might be able to slide back. I know I never slide back, but we may be able to slide back <laughs> and pick something up. And still, still mathematically get, possible. Right. Uh, we, we can still get an equivalent player. Uh, uh, so I kind of like the spot. Um, and look, I from what I've seen so far, I think this is a, a pretty deep, pretty good good uh, draft class. So uh, we're going to get some, uh, not just one good player, we're going to get some good players in this deal. And, and you know, where and what position and all that r- remains to be seen. Um, but I know we're going to improve our team. So for the first time since they've gone to the 17-game schedule, unless you guys get, you know, shipped all overseas again, uh, you'll have nine home, eight away. And Coach Allen said yesterday, the strength of schedule means – nothing until you play the actual team i don't care about strength of schedule until you play the team but away you got at dallas playoff team at kansas city at green bay all three playoff teams and at the giants and at the chargers uh i mean that's you know those that would be tough i don't care who you know what how you yeah. finished the year before those that's that's the tough place to play on the road yeah look i i don't know i i think every nfl team is a tough team to play uh on the road or at home and and We've said this many times in the past. It's not so much um, who you play and what the record is. It's when you play them. And, and if they happen to be playing well when you play them, then that's a tougher, um, that's a tougher road to hoe. And so uh, the schedule is a schedule. We'll play it out, and hopefully they're going to think that we're tough to play. Um, totally agree. And home, only one question. I don't know if you saw that. The Denver's coming, and it'll be Sean Payton's return. Uh, that'll be interesting and fun, right? Yeah, we'll roll, roll. We will roll out the red carpet for Sean. <laughs> Just curious, do you know, or when will you know? When do teams find out if they do have to go play in, you know, Mexico or Germany or or London again? When do you, when do y'all find out? Yeah, that comes. Uh, I think it comes around March, maybe a little before. Sometimes they'll announce a couple at the Super Bowl. They've done that in the past. Um, yeah, so so, um, but we, you know, we've done that fairly recently. I wouldn't expect that we're in that rotation, but look, I don't, I don't really know. I know we've added some games, so um, it's above my pay grade. Yep. Well, uh, I appreciate the time as always. Have a great off season, and you know, it'll be it'll be here before you know it. So we'll be talking senior ball and and draft uh, right around the corner. Good, Mike. I appreciate being with you this season. Uh, appreciate your patience and all your questions and and uh you did a good job for us so thank you tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports clock at four donchich the step back three you bet music you said my world on fire yes, and even podcasts whatever you love hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 